Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Meet the Expert series, where Brent sits down with an expert from the field and really finds out what makes them tick, their processes, and why they love doing what they do. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to yet another Meet the Expert. We are here today with, um, uh, it was kind of a quick um, last minute uh, introduction on this one um, via Facebook. But um, this uh, this particular individual that we're bringing in is kind of a pretty big milestone for Agora community because we've been hinting for a while at the idea of bringing uh, or sort of breaking into new territory, new ground beyond the typical animation content that we've been providing. This is something we've always wanted to do. We've been wanting to do this for a while and we've been talking to this amazing, uh, amazingly talented person for quite a while on uh, what we could do to kind of collaborate. And uh, so now is a pretty perfect time because uh, you know he just released a, a very, very impressive short film just recently. And, um, and, um, and along with that is going to be uh, some um, a learning path that he's creating, which is going to break down essentially the techniques and his philosophy, his workflow um, on how he goes about creating such a masterpiece which will uh, touch on lots of different areas outside of animation, like lighting, like VFX, like um, look dev, like there's a whole pile of, like there's a there's a big, big, big bucket of different disciplines that uh, he's sort of checking a lot of boxes on. And uh, the, you know, this these kind of things don't sort of just happen um, overnight that the, the, uh, trying to try to, you know, the skill sets that are needed in order to be able to build something like this, take quite a while to develop. So it'd be awesome to be able to pick his brain a little bit and, uh, sort of understand what it, what it takes to make these kinds of things. So let me just bring in none other than, um, Amaru's yes. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Oh, let me get rid of this graphic. Hello, Maru. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you, Brent? Not too bad. Not too bad. So thanks for being here today. That's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, that you're able to take the time. Um, obviously, the goal here is to um, sort of get to understand kind of your background, kind of knowing where you are uh, kind of coming from with regards to just your art background. Like, where did you, where'd you go to school? When did you know that you knew you wanted to do something like this? And like, what is that, you know, what does your career path kind of look like, you know? And uh, we'll, we'll start with this and then we'll just sort of dig a little bit deeper into some of the other areas. So sure. fill us in. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, oh, super excited pleasure. about it. Uh, yeah. Um, again, you know, my name is Amaru. Uh, I am originally from South America, Ecuador. Uh, I came to uh, study 3D animation almost uh, 15 years ago to, uh, to Seattle, Washington. Um, it always was a dream for me to do this type of uh, art. I remember when I was a little kid, I always used to watch uh, the back scenes like you know, the BFX breakdowns, how they do this amazing work for the movies and, and, and video games. So, uh, yeah, so since I was a little kid, I always, always, uh, like, loved to watch these type of things, and I always wanted to create it. Um, so, yeah, I moved to, to Seattle to fulfill one of my dreams, which was to study 3D animation. Um, unfortunately, at that time, I didn't have that opportunity in my country. That's why I had to migrate to, to the U.S., um, so I went to the Art Institute of Seattle for three and a half years to get my bachelor's. Um, at the beginning, I actually wanted to be an animator. 
Uh, but then I started to discover all these wonderful yeah. things that you can do, like BFX and modeling and texturing, all these wonderful things. So, uh, yeah, I ended up graduating uh, from the Art Institute. Then um, I've been working in the CG industry for almost 12 years, 13 years. Um, I've been working pretty much everything, like from video games to smaller um, marketing houses doing like, you know, CG renders, still renders. Uh, and then uh, recently I joined uh, Amazon as an internal team of creators who we are producing um, short films. So it's been, you know, quite an amazing journey for me. Um, I love what I do. I just sometimes can, can't believe I get paid yeah. <laughs> to do what I do because, you know, I have fun every day. Um, but also, uh, I have my job, but I also, like, find it really, um, I'm really passionate about creating uh, just personal projects because yeah. I think, like, personal projects uh, will, you know, it definitely, like, uh, gives me the chance to learn new techniques and things that I'm not that comfortable with and just, you know, learn those tools and then go back to, to my, to my job, to my team and just, uh, introduce the new techniques that I just learned. And, uh, and, and, and also because I just love creating stories. I love creating art in general. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of like quick yes, introduction. You would, like you would in a nutshell, right? It's interesting yeah. like that you mentioned this idea that, um, that you you like to do the stuff on the side because it seems like a safe place to do that without having to like risk you know things falling apart on the job. So it's like you use a lot of your personal work as a kind of a prototyping sandbox, I guess, right? Trying new things and seeing how they go. The the things that work out well, you bring back and impress everybody at work. But the things that don't go well, you just never speak about again. Right. right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. That's kind of what it is. Uh, but also yeah. because you know, I get a chance to tell the stories. Right. For me. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Now with Unreal Engine, that probably gonna talk a little more yeah. about it uh, yeah. later on. But with Unreal Engine, like everything, it become it becomes like uh, easier, right, and faster. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the fact that I get to with with this amazing tool, which is called a computer, I get to do anything that I want, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just just do art, like that's yeah. just like for me is an everyday thing to do. Yeah, that's awesome. And so the Unreal part of this equation is relatively recent, right? Like you were doing a lot of art, you were you were rendering a lot of things. Probably, what what, what was your your go to rendering engine before you got into Unreal Four? So, well, I, I did work on uh, uh, for Microsoft doing working okay. uh, for the Forza Forza series oh, okay. game. So right. they had the proprietary okay. uh, right. game, yeah, engine. game engine, right? Right. And then I I joined Amazon Game Studios where they had the Lumberyard engine, Lumberjack. right? Yeah, but um, most of my experience comes actually for the pre-render stuff, which is like Arnold for Maya, Arnold, okay. like V-Ray, yeah. right? That's kind of what I was uh, getting at. I was wondering what, like, what what was the Arnold render, or so what was the the rendering engine that you were using, kind of before game engine? So Arnold, okay. Yep, yep. Pan I have a right before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally have a lot of expertise on 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 that end, and that actually helped me when I was producing. Like, I recently produced two short films in mm -hmm. on a real engine. Uh, before that, I didn't know Unreal Engine, so I had to learn on my own, like watching tutorials and actually reading the documentation, which is amazing from Epic Games. I, mm -hmm. It's a you know, big thumbs up for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Their documentation is pretty tight. Yeah. But, you know, the, the amazing thing like gets me really excited about Unreal Engine is like I was able to transfer some of the knowledge that mm. I have from pre-render stuff like Arnold and V-Ray yeah. to put That's it into impressive. Unreal Engine. In real so, time. Yeah. Yeah. Something you probably didn't think you'd be able to do, but like, it's amazing. No. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. If we were to go back and tell uh, ourselves this story, like about 15 years ago, we would have been like, there's no way. 
There's yeah. no way you're going to do that in real time. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, and so, you, so the, the Amazon uh, game studio, you said, you said you're doing, you're, you're so are you, you're not, so you're not working for games there. You're working for not anymore. Okay. Sorry, Google likes to get involved in the conversation sometimes. <laughs> Just ignore her. She gets kind of needy. She's she's very emotional. Um, so the um, yeah. So so you so you said not anymore. So you started at, at Amazon Games, but you were doing games, right. but then you transferred into a special division. And tell us a little yeah, bit more about that, if you're allowed uh, to. There, right. I can only say a couple of things, but yeah, yeah naturally, I, naturally. <laughs> yeah, I worked for AGS mm -hmm. Amazon Game Studios for a year and a half, and then okay. I transitioned to a team under AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. Yes. And it's a very unique team, actually. It's a, it's a small team of creators. We are about mm -hmm. uh, eight to nine, nine, nine people, that's, I think. That's a pretty small team for a very large yeah. company. But then <laughs> obviously like the, the bigger team, it's, it's much bigger. And like, we yeah. are just, you know, a small uh, team of creators. And then we are just helping build this amazing technology that is gonna be obviously released soon. And then probably you're gonna be able to see us, but, uh, for now, that's kind of like the only thing that I can say. But we yeah, are producing no, art, cool. and yeah, that's and we cool, just though. yeah, it's yeah, exciting yeah. just knowing that Amazon's doing something like that, giving a space for creators to do some cool, pretty cool stuff, and totally. like just flex your creative muscles. And I mean, it just goes to show you that Amazon cares about these kinds of things. So it's nice to see them sort of uh, fund an operation like that. So we will yeah. all, all look forward uh, to hearing more about that as as it eventually makes its way into the public sphere, hopefully. So that's cool. Um, so, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about this this film you just created. So you said you've produced two four films. I'm not familiar with the other, well, no, that's not true. I do know the other one. The other one was, was about the, uh, the the race car, the F1, right? Yeah. So there's, so that was the first one you had done and you just did, like you just finished one, like just very recently, right? Like, didn't you just finish like the last couple of days? Yep, uh, couple, yeah. Couple, yeah, last week. Yeah, so it's like fresh right off the press. So I did link that in the Facebook and the YouTube um, invite. So if you are curious to check this out, um, he will be showing. I'm always going to show some of his work tonight, but probably won't. Well, I mean, maybe we we can watch it with the video too, but I think he'd probably, it deserves a proper viewing uh, with in proper 4K. sound. Like, yeah, you should check it out. <laughs> I wouldn't want to, I would want to make sure that we do it justice. Images right. are fine, but like film, like with such high quality that, that he's put into this, you should check it out. It's very easy to access. It's just on his art station um, sort of profile. Just go check that out when you can, because it's quite amazing. So, okay. Thank so you. you just finished this like literally last week. So tell us a little bit about like, like you already kind of gave us a window into why you do these. A part of it is because you're a storyteller. You like to be able to like produce content. You like to make art as you put it, but you also, it's also a nice testing ground to try new techniques. So this latest one, what were the, what were the motivations on a technical level? What were you trying to, what was new? What were you putting, what new tools were you putting in your little bag of tricks with this particular uh, film? Yeah. Um, right after we finished our project in, in at Amazon last year, like back in November, uh, I was talking to my manager at that time and mm -hmm. some of my colleagues that are like, you know, there's got to be a better way to uh, produce faster films, right? Okay. And, you know, one of, my, one of my other hobbies is actually like learning new technology. Like I'm mm -hmm. constantly like learning, like to produce these two films, I actually use about eight different softwares because I'm, yeah. I'm like, I, I think this way, right? Like, you know, there's, yep. there's like every, every day there's something new, right? Totally, yep. So it's probably a better way of doing it every like every second of every day. There's someone's releasing some new tool. It's a little impossible to stay on top of it completely, but you do your best. And like, that's why you've exactly. collected like it's like learning another language. You just pick up another one so that you can apply it when the op opportunity sort of, uh, you know, presents itself. Yeah. 
Totally. What is that list? Just out of curiosity, give us the list. Like, what is your, let's, like, what is your, because I saw briefly the list of the sort of tools that you use to make the film. So like, okay, so Maya, right? You probably used it for some of the, the some of the artwork, right? Um, yep. There's um, right. Substance. You're a big, you're a big Substance painter guy, right? This yep. amazing software. I wish I knew how to use this better. It's on my <laughs> list. It's on my bucket list of something to learn for sure. Um, walk us through the other ones because Unreal Engine 4, what else? Yep, Unreal Engine 4, I use, uh, well, obviously, Quixel mega scans to yes, use of course. these, you know, mega scans yes. and, and whatnot. Yep. I use a speed tree to model the, the tree that I had to right. do, like the other okay. sort of trunks. Yep. I use Borg Creator to create, like, landscapes. Oh, okay. Um, very yeah, very and... niche software, like, very highly <laughs> specialized. That's cool, though. That makes sense, because, dude, get pick the one that's, like, obviously, a niche software is going to probably do it better than, like, Maya will ever be able to do, because it's trying to do so many things. But if you go and get something like Speedtree, it's going to be very good at that one thing. Like, exactly. Very good. Yeah. And I recently learned DaVinci Resolve, which is oh, yeah. amazing for compositing. And free, I, I, I might add. It free. You know, I don't know if it's you're free. using the paid version, but they, the cool thing about DaVinci, it's made by a company called Black Magic, who also yep. make hardware. They're, they're, they're specialized in like, um, like, um, special, like, um, audio visual like panels like like actually editing stations they also mm -hmm. do capture cards they do cameras the black magic uh, cinema camera series are very impressive they shoot in a raw space them. which is like and like honestly bar none like they they can compete with red cameras now but like of course they are not as well rounded as a red camera but i mean the the the, per, the the production value of the images are quite crazy so they also created this software which is started as a um a color grading software and then mm -hmm. it eventually expanded now they have like vfx tools in there they have um, editing tools in there like everyone always asked me like brent what should i pick up like i knew i, I need to get into like you know uh, you know some sort of like compositing and editing i'm like don't even ask you can stop right there just learn davinci <laughs> resolve because it's amazing <laughs> and because it's free like seriously yeah. very rarely do you see something so good that's free so i know check it out. and even the pro version is is two ninety nine, which is still. I yeah, mean, you have to very pay by reasonable to new like you know, very the other, reasonable, and you, you buy know, it and it's not a subscription. Unlike what Adobe wants to do, they want to, you to dole out money every every month. So like, yeah, it's yeah, definitely, it's worth, definitely, worth, worth, definitely worth, worth, worth looking into. Okay, so um, we're going through the list. What else? So many things. Uh, and then I, I use uh, After Effects to create like the more like cinematic glare. Yeah. I bought sure. a, a plugin from Andrew Krumer. Krumer? Okay. I don't know how he pronounced his last name, but he's amazing. He's yeah. like the guru of, of After Effects. Um, and I think that was it. I think those, those are six then. It's I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty good list. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. It's amazing that, that so many softwares you need to learn in order to really leverage and get the, you know, the vision that's in your head onto screen. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted, so you said that you want, like I asked you, what was the, what was the thing that you really wanted to, what was the, the, the 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 question you wanted answered like you were like what it, what it was that you were looking for in this particular film that you figured you were going to level up as far as the skill level and tech like some sort of technique yeah uh, i mean the, the main reason was that like you know we finished a project in, yeah. in at amazon and then it was a really complex uh animation uh three three minute animation yeah, yeah. and we have a lot of data right like uh, yeah. props and textures and whatnot sure I really wanted to put like every time I try something new, I want to push the the, the technology to the maximum. I want to break it. I want to like you know take the squeeze all yeah, the juice and, and yeah, see what's exactly. capable of. Yeah. So that's why I did the Ferrari, which the Ferrari only took me a month, mm. right? From okay. from learning to finish. And I was just trying the tech. Like if I can use UDIM, you know, the UDIM system of the the utilization of textures, yes. just like they do it in Hollywood movies for like you know these big mm. uh, props and 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 and, and objects. So. That was one thing, but then I always had 
this story in my head. Um, you know, my mom always encouraged me to, and she keeps doing it, to use my work in a way that I can, you know, transmit something to yeah. society. And yeah, sure. and because of I obviously do believe in global warming, and I always had this idea of like, you know, we need to keep you know supporting that. And mm-hmm. and and I had this this story already, but I knew that mm-hmm. to make this like, for example, using Maya and, and, and Arnold, it will take me like forever to render mm-hmm. like in 4K and everything. For sure. So, and then yeah, so that's why I'm okay. I'm gonna try to start doing something, something really really short for like 10 seconds. I only wanted to do something for 10 yeah, seconds to see that small, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I started uh, learning how to do the UDMs and how to put these really complex, uh, because it's not only about mega scans, which I use like, you know, uh, not LODs, but it's like the highly poly data Mm -hmm. coming from photogrammetry. But I also like, you know, my models that I did, Mm -hmm. I, you know, they all have like uh, probably about a thousand textures between all the things that I created and like, you know, 8K. So I I was really pushing the, the, the engine and just doing like 20 seconds, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I can do all these like um, previews, you know, before yeah. even doing the final render, this is, yep. it just got me goosebumps. And I was yeah. so excited. Yeah, for sure. You know, for, and this one took me longer because this is a bigger project. So, sure. and then after four months, I, you know, I extended all the way to a almost, uh, you know, kind of like a teaser. I would yeah. love to take it to the next level and probably yeah, like me too. I'd love working to see on that. it. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds yeah. like a teaser. Like when you watch it, you can see that you're setting yeah. something up and you kind of like, it makes you want to know like, okay, so what's this all about? Like you get the basic idea of the story. Um, obviously this sort of dystopian sort of like post-apocalyptic world that looks completely right. barren of life. And then there's this sort of like this, uh, you're, you're sort of, you're just flying through this environment, like a, like a, I guess like a, almost like a fly in the environment. And then you see this sort of this, this kind of hovering car show up and land. And right. then this little scanning robot comes out and starts to scan. I don't want to steal all the thunder for people who haven't seen the, <laughs> the, the film yet, but it's, it's uh, there's definitely a narrative there. And I like that. And then at the end, of course, you have some text at the very end, which just to make sure that people are kind of catching your drift, you uh, kind of lay it on the line and say like, here, like global warming is the thing and we need to deal with it, do with it. And obviously um, what you've uh, the, your, the artwork that you've created for this, this world that you've created here uh, in your short film is, is obviously a, a very stark foreshadow of what could maybe come in your mind if we don't take that seriously. So right. very, very worth watching. So, okay. Interesting. So that I love this. I love this image of you just getting goosebumps and being like a kid at Christmas <laughs> excited that, Oh my God, I can do what in real time. No, 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 no. It's impossible. Like I, so, so hold on a second. So I could do like a 4k film with like ridiculously high resolution graphics and as quick, quick side notes, just for those who, cause you know, our community is full of mostly animators, but there are many of people that are like cross-discipline in some cases, not even animation related at all, but they just enjoy the content. And so this particular conversation is going to be music to their ears because it's going to mean that I'm making good on a promise I made a long time to the community, which is like, it doesn't always have to be about animation. The reason why we started with animation was because obviously the people that are driving this thing, we're all animators. So it made sense, but we're also, I think I I wouldn't even call myself an animator anymore. I, I, I would consider myself a content creator in general. Like I really just like telling stories whether it's in a game whether it's through animation whether it's through just a simple edit of a sequence whether it's even just making great conversation like this so at the end of the day 
um, you know, th this this is kind of a big deal, like I said at the beginning, that we're sort of shifting into this uh, new realm here for for Agoric community. And, and so I, I, I preface this by, by the reason I say all this is because there's probably people in the audience that don't even know what you mean when you say something like mega scans. So can, give us a little bit like I know what it is, because obviously it was like Quixel was purchased by Unreal. But give everyone an understanding of what like why that's a big deal and why why would why would Epic be interested in buying this company called Quixel and their mega scan sort of repository? What is is it and why do we care yeah um that, that's yeah that's it's amazing um it's mega scans are pretty much photogrammetry and if you're not uh, familiar with photogrammetry just imagine that you have to model a trunk of a tree like you just mm -hmm. like the bark right the tree um you you can do it you can use zbrush you can use these all these elements and like do the texture with softness painter which is still pretty fun and sure. I highly encourage to do it because you know at the end of the day that's kind of like creating the art but you need to think about time too right mm -hmm. like in order for me to create this amount of trees and rocks it would just take me like a year if, it's, if you had to do it by hand I'm, yeah right um, yeah exactly by hand so the amazing technology behind photogrammetry is like just imagine that you have the object there and then with a camera you start taking pictures from all the angles of that object yeah. right so you're not only taking pictures of the object itself, it's like also like uh, you're already mm -hmm. taking the information, like the textures, like the diffuse, mm -hmm. the color, and right. like, you know, the bumpiness and and, yeah. the, and the reflectivity and everything. Yeah. And then you process that data and, and then you end up with an actual 3D model ready to just yeah. render. You don't have to do anything else yeah. with that. So, yeah. you know, that definitely helps you with, with speed things up tremendously. For sure, yeah. Um, and and Quixel Mega Scans, uh, they they are right now like the biggest I think of in terms of you know they're creating like a lot of content and it's yeah. like very highly detailed. Yeah. It's con it's quality and quantity is what they it's, are. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the the, the quality is just like yeah. top notch. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, with technology again, even with your iPhone, you can still do it your own. Yeah. You can still True do story. your own photography. It's crazy. We live in a world where we could literally do this. I mean, the quality is not nearly the same unless you actually, I mean, even, I, I went looking for what kind of apps can you buy? But then again, the LiDAR, which is really unlocking the next level of scanning on a, on a, mm -hmm. on a, on a handheld device, which the new iPhones have, the iPhone 12s, um, yeah. they have LiDAR technology, which helps with AR, but it also helps with um, with this because it's about it's about using light and, and the, the the way that light, light reflects off of surfaces. It helps kind of reconstruct the surface of an object that you're looking at. So I don't know if you've if anyone's played with it already. There are a couple of free tools that you can get, but I haven't seen anything professional come out yet. But I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Pretty sure. Because sure. otherwise, scanning systems are pretty expensive. Like you know, like they're in the thousands of dollars usually for a decent one. So what? What? So really, what you're saying is this mega scan repository is just a gigantic library of high resolution scans, photogrammic scans of objects. Yeah. So and trees, the best part, rocks is also for free. Like I yeah. mean, you have online for free. Yeah, yeah. Now it is because Epic bought them and because they love the community right. and because yeah, exactly. And it's amazing because it, it lets you know people like me on yep. you know doing their own personal projects just discover yep. you know it, this technology. It allows you a one-man <laughs> army to create this beautiful piece of work that you created without having to spend years like exactly. working your fingers down to the knuckles. Is essentially what it does. 
which is kind of huge because it's sort of it just you gave you a big leg up to be able to do yeah it's all free well i'm just looking at chats like what the free is 100 <laughs> free because epic decided to buy them epic's been very 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 aggressive with building content for like and like in and even like feature sets like multiplayer feature sets um this the new me uh, metahumans that they just put out recently Ooh, yes. like it's ridiculous and it's all free right. because they because they've created the perfect market right they they realize yeah. that the, the the they by supporting the content creators they support themselves it's as simple as this it's a truly symbiotic relationship like they know the value just, they just figured it out they get it they get it they, they put, invest in the community of creators and they will be investing in themselves and that's the attitude they've taken and ever since um you know um fortnite made so much money it's like they really unlocked their ability to really double down on this and acquire mm -hmm. big big companies like quixel so yep. that's cool so okay so all right so that's that's one of the many crazy tools you used and leveraged to kind of make it work. But it was also the idea of, like you said, like the fact that using Unreal Engine really speeds things up and it allows you to even render these things at a relatively quick time. So you just you just wanted to level up in general with regards to how can these how can I make this kind of work like faster and more efficient? That was the big exactly. question going in, right? Exactly. And and super super high res. Like you didn't want to cut. You didn't want to cut corners on the quality of the textures or anything like that. Nope. You're like, nope. I want to do. Uh, this is the bar. I'm setting my bar high. Like I wanted to get as close as what I could do with pre-rendered stuff. But I want to see if I can have if I can make it happen in real time. Right. And cool. and just to be clear, even though these pro these two projects are real time, they're, yeah. they're real time, but they're yes. not like for a not like a video game, right? Because yeah, you yeah, it's not like yeah. rendering the background to get the yes, full yes, high yes. It's using yeah. hardware rendering and that can happen at real time, but at the resolutions you're rendering at, it's like it it's a little bit like rendering in in like pre-rendered way, right? Exactly. Like software rendering. That's pretty much it. Yeah. But way faster still though, because I mean, like you wouldn't need a render yeah. farm to do the stuff that you did. Like literally, one or two computers could be able to chew through the quality. Did you do all the rendering on your on your home home PC? Yep. Um, there you one go. GPU, thirty ninety. There you go. There you go. A thirty ninety. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Well, that helped a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was lucky. Is... I was lucky to get one. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just searching totally. for one because yeah. Really well, it makes sense. I mean, if it allows it, like, literally, you're probably one of the few people who can really justify it because a lot of the people that are trying to kill each other to get their hands on a, a card like that are probably just going to be spending the time playing friggin' like you know. Not, yeah. Not that I blame them, but they'll be playing a lot of Valorant and they'll be playing a lot of like video games with it, which right. is good. I don't you know, play but... games on my computer. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there you go. No, it's, it's too precious. Don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get it. But you know, and something that I would like mm -hmm. to add, like I kind of like a rough estimate, like you know, rendering about five thousand frames, mm -hmm. you know, for the entire length of of all six shots that I have, I think, on my GPO, it was about thirty-two hours, give and take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you imagine having the same amount of frames with the same amount of quality as 4K with the best samples using Arnold, I can estimate that going more than a month easily, easily. But then, you know, the GPU system or like Unreal Engine is not only about that, but it's yeah. also about like I was able to see like everything yeah. rendered in a real time exactly. when I'm moving the cameras, right? That's it. That's crazy. That's and crazy. Have you played and, and, with the, um, there's, there's there's an app you can use that allows you to have like a virtual camera the, with your iPhone? I was messing with this a little while ago, which is ridiculous. That doesn't make any that's sense. That's virtual production. Oh virtual yeah, production. With, your, with your iPhone. So like you're, yeah. so you, you got your iPhone and you have to load an app in it and you have to like load a plugin in Unreal. And then essentially you establish a link over Wi-Fi. And the next thing you know, you're, you watch, you're using your iPhone, but what you're seeing on your iPhone is not 
your room, you're seeing right. <laughs> your environment that you've created in 3D. So you can imagine someone like Amaru who's building these very highly realistic environments. It'd be kind of trippy to be looking at that environment through this phone. And as you move it around, it uses these sort of the, you know, the, uh, the accelerometers and all the other sensors on the phone to be able to understand, you know, what you're doing with it. And it just drives the uh, kind of, it's like a real-time motion capture of the uh, of the virtual camera inside of the um, the 3D space. That's the technology that they use for the Mandalorian, right? If, if yes. any same yeah, same kind of yes yeah, the live link it's all about live link yeah exactly yeah. it's love it they didn't use iPhones they had a bigger bigger budget than that but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool that you could do it like it's fun that they've made it available to like just average Joes like us that can go and like we don't have this like hundreds of thousands of dollars to blow on virtual reality or sorry virtual production kits production. but yeah, yeah if you are interested in this kind of stuff yeah you should absolutely check the making of Mandalorian because um, ILM has been uh, setting the bar very very high when it comes to really truly doing the same kind of stuff that Amar is interested in which is leveraging this real-time sort of rendering engine environment and what it can do for changing the landscape with the way we tell stories and uh, they, what's interesting about them is that they're mixing it into live action shooting which takes things to a whole other like crazy mind-blowing level so definitely with something worth looking into okay so let's transition quickly before we ran out of time i do want to talk i mean i, th I think you wanted to show us a couple of things we probably should have opened with that but but i kind of want to just get right into the conversation let's let's take a give us a little tour of some of the th stuff you've been working on give everyone a little taste i'll bring it up right now and then what we'll do is before we run out of time we will just talk a little bit about this learning path uh series that you're in the middle of creating um so people can kind of whet their appetite with that as well so yeah, take us totally. on, a, on a tour here my friend all right so I'm going to switch tabs. There you go. OK, so yeah, uh, this is my Behance um, portfolio, kind of. I also have a website in ArtStation. Um, I, sometimes I, I think I like a little bit better Behance just because it allows you to uh, actually uh, upload your like 100% full resolution uh, artwork. And uh, our station, they're limited to 4K, but again, you know, 4K should be at least enough. But because I am a, <laughs> I am addicted to details. You're, you're so that's a visual why. file, I guess, is what we would call you. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of my work. Um, so, uh, sometimes I, I like to also create still images, like for example, this one. Uh, this one, I was actually lucky enough to. Uh, it, it was used for Substance Days in 2017 for uh, to display uh, uh, a gallery of. I knew of, I recognized this. I couldn't tell from where. That's yeah, exactly at the what it was from. Ginamon School of Hollywood yep. in, in LA. Yep. Um, so yeah, that it was super cool. Like I went down there and like I met everybody from the algorithm team. And at that time, before they were bought by by Adobe, and uh, yeah, it, it was super nice. And again, you know, this piece is called home. You know, I was trying to kind of have a double sense that it's her home, but at the same time, she's kind of like missing home because she's painting earth, the yeah. earth on, on, on the metal. Yeah, yeah. So every time that I work on, on, on still images, I still try to tell the stories. And, you know, it is hard to tell the stories uh, on, on a single image, right? Single because frame. there is yeah, so much stuff that you can, you know, think of. Yeah. Um, and, and and for that I use Arnold and 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 Maya to to create that. Um, another piece that I was uh, also like, I was yeah, fortunate is, enough to win a contest. And for this is your the, first film that we were talking about, right? Out of the two films, this is um, or is this just an image? This is the, the the card that I use for one of my films. Oh, yeah. okay, got it, I got it. This is just yep. an image that eventually yeah. they use the same model. Got it. 
Yeah, yeah. I used this image for a contest and I was fortunate enough to end up winning first place. And, you know, the story uh, is called Golden Trophy and it's pretty much when, you know, adults have a bad day at work, you know, kids always, you know, have this amazing energy that they can cheer yeah. you up. So that's kind of like the overall story of it. And again, you know, I spend, uh, I use different softwares like Marvel's Designer to create the clothing and everything is 100% done by, by me. Like I created everything. Uh, when I work on still images, I tend to do that. I tend to create everything and not use like mega scans and, and stuff. But obviously for more like animation and like when I'm producing something that it requires much more work, yeah. then obviously yeah. I will use Volume more. Volume is the, is, the, is, yeah. the, is the deciding factor, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, now just so, so is it, so I'm curious though, is it, this, this begs the question, because if you're doing a single image, you could still use something like mega scans, but oh, I yeah, get the totally. feeling that like the artist in you, the craftsman in you kind of enjoys the process of creating these surfaces by hand when totally. it's a, when it's, when it's a viable option, but it becomes no, no longer viable when the production is so big in scope that there's no way you could possibly produce all the assets here. You got a nice blurry background. Most of the assets are the two characters in the car, but like yep. you get away with a lot lot of stuff in there that doesn't need to be like highly you know real realized i guess is, is exactly what it comes down yeah. to yeah that's 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 exactly um yeah and you know when i do my my art i always try to mimic everything like even i close my eyes or like sometimes because i'm a big a movie fan like i watch lots of movies and i really try to mimic everything that i see in the camera like even a photograph uh, photography ah Photography, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just watch, you know, you can see the, the 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 photo and just, you know, see what the camera, how the real camera behaves. And, and in the cinema, like in for the movies, it's the same thing. I try to mimic like camera angles, like tilt a little bit, nothing too straight, right? So I try to add some sort of a dynamic to uh, to the to the actual CG camera, so it looks a little more appealing to mm. to the eyes. Um, this is a kind of a super crazy project that it's part of. Very sad. Um, I work at like Amazon. <laughs> yeah, this is or steampunk. I mean, sorry. Yep, steampunk. Uh, this is a uh, yeah. This is part of the actually one of the assets that I created for our for our movie, um, and and yeah, this is a very complex one. Uh, you you can go like super close and still see a lot of details because it's a gigantic uh, asset. Um, it was super cool to work on it. Uh, be really like creative and imagine how it looked like right because uh this doesn't exist obviously so um something to be really created like i, I had a, a really good time with with this and, and again i use like we use arnold and, and maya and everything um not to make this too long because we're running out of time but so okay yeah. so now we move to kind of like the first project that i did on real engine mm -hmm. i'm not going to play the video it's better if if anybody's watching yeah. this and will, is interested in watching i you know, yeah. recommend it obviously For sure. um but again, you know, even though, yeah, I already had the, the car, right, in, done in, in, for Maya and, and Arno, but I wanted to transfer everything to Real Engine, see how the new ray tracing system works with Unreal Engine. Yeah. And ray tracing Naturally. is, you know, like real trace of, yeah. the, of the light, right? Yeah. It's not like yeah. baking, like in a video game. No, it's not so, baking it. It's like it's doing exactly. the real work. Yeah. And, it, yep. and this gave you a good opportunity to flex the muscles of that new 3090 you got in that machine yep. right there, right? Yeah, totally. The, these, those those real-time reflections came um, um, complements of NVIDIA's um, RTX series of graphics cards. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then with Unreal Engine, you can have fun with the depth of field, with uh, with all the, these camera uh, tricks that you're using in a regular camera, which is amazing. And, and I really enjoy it. Hmm. Um, but 
again, you know, if if you have the chance to actually watch it, here's like a little like you know, I try to do my art also like a little more stylized, not like necessarily mm -hmm. like photorealistic and just make yeah. it look like it's like a real car, but you know, have fun and just yeah. produce something that I it's yeah. you know inside me and that I wanted yeah. just to portray it on my art. Some really nice post effects here to kind of make it feel a bit right. Feel a little and bit this more is Da Vinci. Da Vinci yes. result. Yeah, that's right for the win. <laughs> for the win. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and, and again, this is the first project that I did on Real Engine. Uh, it took me a month um, to understand because it took me about two weeks to understand on Real Engine, and then obviously throughout the process of the other two weeks of creating this, uh, it took me you know that time to do the whole thing. And it wasn't that complicated because it was the car was static, nothing was really moving, um, but still had a, a lot of fun playing with the cameras and just mm -hmm. you know having fun. And now for the latest one, which is about uh, the global warming one, this is definitely something that took me four months. And, and remember, I'm talking about four months because I get to work about four hours after my, my job, yeah, right? After yeah. work. Yeah. So it's every day, four hours, mm -hmm. between two to four hours, and then the weekends. Um, yes, obviously, you need to have a life, right? We all have, you know, like a family and friends and everything. But, uh, you know, sometimes I do... I deal with my wife where I, you know, I get this amount of time to to spend yeah. on this because this is really important for me and mm -hmm. I, I just love doing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and this was, was a little more complicated just mm -hmm. because, you know, I have way more elements, way more elements using the mega scans and, and everything because it's much easier obviously with mega scans and this photogrammetry uh, data and, and assets, but still you need to kind of have, there's still like a little um, uh, learning curve, I guess. Um, but once you, you watch a couple of tutorials, how to properly use them, uh, it's it's just straightforward and you can just keep using them. Um, and yeah, here I have the, the tree. I watch a tutorial also how to make, you know, cool stylized trees on, on speed tree. Uh, and then a speed tree is, it, it, I only pay, you can pay monthly. I pay like 19 bucks just for this a month. And then you, it connects directly to Unreal Engine. So, uh, and then Unreal Engine pretty much handles, you know, the wind and everything to make it look like it's it's alive. So that was pretty fun too. Um, yeah, this is the, you know, the, the little drone that I, I also created using uh, Maya and Substance Painter. And then, um, yeah, I mean, at the end, it's just uh, the story that we already talked about, uh, but definitely like this is, something that I have enjoyed a lot to produce because it's definitely telling a story. And for me, it's just like, I'm a little kid with, you know, new toys when I get to play with all this amazing uh, technology. Oh yeah. That's fun. Well, it does, it does clearly seem like you're having fun. That's for sure. Like the, <laughs> I feel like the, the results, the results feel like someone who just, just relished in just the, the, you know, the fidelity of it all, the, the, the sort of the, the tone and the, there's just the, you know, the, the I don't even, I don't even, the vibe, like there's something about the, 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 uh, the, the film that just feels like it's, it's creating something beautiful just, just for the sake of doing that, you know, like I get it, like it feels like every pixel has been thought about and everything just feels so, so crafted. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's transition before we run out of time here because I want to leave about fifteen minutes at the end if we can. Um, so, 
tell us a little bit about this, this learning path then. So you created this, and I know that one of the reasons that we don't see the learning path on the site yet is because you're going back in and tweaking the learning, the learning path that you've created to have to, to be a little bit like even better married to, and using more examples from this short film you just finalized. So you yep. figured it would be obviously relevant to be able to do that, which is great. So tell us like, what are they, what, what can people expect out of this learning series that you've made? Yeah. Um, you know, this will go for really like anybody who's interested in, in, in the real time uh, industry. Okay. I think, um, you know, it, there's definitely like something like, you know, you, you can watch, you know, different tutorials and, you know, the, the, all the tutorials are like, you know, everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Versus having everything in one yeah. site. Yeah. So you you can you can learn how to prepare. It's it's not gonna be something about how to model something, right? Because you know that will be like a super long uh, yeah, exactly. kind of like a, uh, yeah. material. But you it will be like a, a video about how to prepare the models in Maya in order yeah. to use UDIMs, right? How to the put UDIMs. it all together exactly, and then a little bit of a tutorial about uh, how to export correctly the textures mm. to do yeah. your look depth from Substance Painter or any yeah. other software to Unreal Engine, right? But then it's mainly about having fun. I know it sounds like a little vague, but <laughs> it's about you know how understanding the cameras. The cameras yeah. are extremely That's important right. to tell the stories to yep. to yep. make it look more like you know uh, yep. cinematic. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's definitely like uh, you know even producing this in four months and and because you know I, I love doing this, I still hit a lot of walls, right? That I need to figure out how Naturally. to do it yep. because the render like nothing is perfect and nothing will mm -hmm. be obviously. We have yeah. to deal with that thing. It would be part boring of our... if it was perfect, right? <laughs> right. It wouldn't be very I, much fun. I, I always consider myself like 50% uh, of my job is art. The other 50% is like figuring out how to yeah, do right. the, the technical part, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I have discovered and how to deal with most of the things in order to produce this. So in, in other words, like if you see what, if you like what you see here and then, you know, watching this material that I'm working on, you're going to be able to produce pretty much the same because I'm going to be talking about how and why I did this. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, I'm like the guru of real engine for no, but the, the fact mm -hmm. that I was able to produce two films in five yeah. months, yeah. just on my own, you know, watching tutorials and like yeah. reading the documentation and hitting walls and then doing the fixes, mm -hmm. I think it's going to allow me to at least help anybody who's interested in learning. Yeah. And this could be applied for like really simple things. Like maybe you're just working on, on a character and you want to put the character in a real engine and do some sort of a cool yeah. turntable, right? With dynamic lights and yeah. cameras and all that, it will be, you know, in here. And like how to even use DaVinci Resolve to take your renders to the next level, yeah. like to make it more cinematic, which is, yeah. you know, something amazing as well. Yeah. You know, talking about mega scans, how to properly like export, because, you know, we talk about like, yes, they're free and like they're easy to use, but still you need to set those up yeah. in order to work. Like, you know, you have to have the Quixel bridge in order yeah. to export yeah. the mega scans exactly. correctly. What's the, the pipeline? How do I exactly. access all this pipeline. great stuff? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and then a little bit of lighting as well, because, yeah. you know, you know, my, again, you know, my film is very artistically, I guess it's, it's very stylized. It could be a little bit of photorealism maybe in some areas, but it's very mm -hmm. stylized. And, and I love to have fun with the lighting. And, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of techniques that I learned in the, you know, in the past 10, 15 years uh, that it has helped me uh, produce, uh, I think, uh, more appealing art, I guess. Mm -hmm. Lighting is kind of important. Yeah. So like there's an element of camera and lighting otherwise known as cinematography really like you're you're there's a layer of that in these tutorials as well so it's really it's about like 
how do you how do you put all these things together? How do you marry them into? And what's interesting is I think it's it's also important to note that like I I, I think it's great that you call out the fact that this is not a modeling course per se. Yeah. But not. you know because that is obviously a pretty deep subject. But um you know there is a lot of really great sites offering free models. So like there's there's like if, right. if you don't know how to model it doesn't mean that you exactly. still can't make a film like this and assemble it and tell a story with things that you can get your hands on. Yeah. Um, even animators like this idea of just having like a nice shot in a really cool like you can go download even some really nice cinema, like sort of cinema style um, yeah. levels that are right, right there on the marketplace. Somebody, somebody might have to pay for some are completely free and you could use that as a base, like a starting point. And then next thing you know, your demo reels or you're taking them to a whole other level because it's not just your typical play blast out of Maya. It's like, no, it is like a beautifully rendered piece of work that you put together and it just takes your work to a whole other layer. Like it's like, it's exactly, it's, you're going to get, you're going to get noticed a lot faster as opposed to just sort of doing what everybody does. You know, and really quick, I would like to add, like, I used to think this, like, I wanted to do everything. Like I wanted to model every single screw. I wanted to do everything has to come from me. And then I came to realize that's really not the case because if you really want to like expand your, your, yep. your art and make it like a, yep. a feature film, you need to use, use those resources, right? Like 100%. at the end of the day, the, the artistic side of, of the project is still going to be there. I agree. You just got to use whatever you got totally to have for free. There's right. a lot of ingenuity and art that comes with knowing what to use. It doesn't, you don't need to be right. the one doing it all together because you could you could assemble like all these these pieces and bits and pieces from all over the place. And then you had the vision to take all those and put them into a scene together and then put the camera in a, in a certain right. right spot and like get things moving in the right way. And like suddenly they take on a whole life of their own that they would have never otherwise experienced these little yeah. these little bits and pieces. And this is this is a quick sample, like right here for the for the uh, kind of like the laser scan. Yeah. To do that, that will require me to understand uh, blueprinting and scripting and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I didn't have time. So I'm like, I'm going to buy it. It's only like four bucks, four dollars. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm supporting my fellow artists as well. You and, know. you know, I was able to produce this film in with just spending four dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Four bucks. And then that would have been like otherwise days to probably figure it out, maybe. Right. To like, right. And to tune it I to the, make it look the way you want it to look. And yeah, exactly. It's, Analysis paralysis is, I think that something often happens, right? It's like, sometimes we get, we have these big ideas for films or for small projects and you want it to be exactly a certain way. And you want to do the, all of the things on your own. That's a good, like, sometimes that could be a really good way to never get it done, you know, as opposed to just, you know what, man, find a way of like, you can't have it all. You can't, you can't always have your cake and eat it too. Sometimes you just want to move forward and create something. And sometimes that, that means reusing things. Yep. Totally. Um, so I, I don't know, man, you're, you're an inspiration. I really think it's, uh, it's fun that, um, that you're, it's, that you're going to be putting this amazing gift on the platform for us and the community for people to take a look at. I know that a lot of animators, not just non-animators are interested in knowing how to put together nice, beautiful things instead of unreal, because it is a very powerful tool. And I think that your work is obviously a very clear testament to that reality. Um, and it's nice to know, like, I like this. I think one thing I want everyone to take away from this is that keep in mind that this unreal stuff, yes, Amar who has definitely been doing this whole, you know, lighting and rendering thing for a while now. Absolutely. But the Unreal thing was very new to him. You know, so mm -hmm. so it's just, it goes to show you that like you, you could pick these things up. And I think that's kind of the point of, of um of his of his learning path is that like anybody can take that and do something with it what they do with it will be determined based on their own maybe skill set and experience but anybody can do something with the, what what he's going to be showing in that learning path it'll be up to you to decide so um 
So I wanted to open up to questions because naturally there, we have some people in here probably um, wanting to pick your brain a little bit. So if you do have a question in chat, then now is a really good time. I'm going to kind of scroll up right now and see if there's anything that popped up that um, that uh, is worth mentioning. There's one here that I got caught with the corner of my eye by Pixel Theory TV. Hello, Pixel Theory yet again. How are you, sir? Um, there is a, um, a question here saying, is Speed Tree, in your opinion, better than Houdini for trees in Unreal? It's a very specific uh, question. <laughs> have you have you, you had a chance to using Houdini for building trees? Uh, not for building trees. I built okay. uh, rocks. Okay. Um, I, so yeah, I guess I can't really compare because I haven't done any trees in in Houdini. I know that Houdini is amazing, and now that Houdini also has an uh, they have merged with Unreal Engine in a way that you can work seamlessly, which is mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Um, the advantage for me was speed tree is because I am an artist, right? So, and, and I'm, I am driven by, by visuals and what speed tree gives you is like everything in real time as well, before you even put it in, in a real engine and you have, it's super easy for an artist to, to do like a stylized tree. Um, from my understanding, Houdini is a little more of, of, uh, complicated with, you know, with the, all the, the, the nodes that you had to connect with, with, with mm -hmm. between each other. Yeah. But that's just maybe like a personal, uh, personal preference, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, Houdini is built for proceduralism in general, and it's a very powerful tool, right? But yeah. the, the, but it doesn't really come out of the box with a bunch of very highly specialized networks to build the things. You could build probably the same kind of stuff that SpeedTree does, but you'd have to sort of build the network, like you said. Where SpeedTree, it's like no, no, like like it's our it's highly specialized, so it allows you to kind of get to where you want to go probably a yeah. little quicker. Not necessarily yeah. better, maybe, but maybe quicker. I can see speed tree maybe uh, I'm sorry Houdini maybe using it like if I had like a huge forest mm. and to make it right. that you know like repetition sure. like that yeah, yeah, yeah for sure Houdini or by yeah. all means but At for a point. specific tree yeah yeah yeah. One, I think. yeah yeah okay good question um let's yeah. see what else is there a um this is by Joe animates is there anything you'd recommend learning early on in Unreal something you had trouble with perhaps that you'd suggest to be aware of Yes. Um, hmm. Well, a few things. Uh, uh, first of all, um, the th one thing that you need to understand is like, even though you're producing something, if, if you're producing something for like a cinematic like quality, like like I did, you still need to think like this is a game engine and it will require you to understand a little bit how game engines work. Even though, even now with the, you know, real time ray tracing and you don't have to bake too many things like the lighting, like in video games, uh, you still had to have a little bit of understanding how um, uh, game engines work. I'm not saying an expert by all means, but just a little bit of understanding. Um, that's kind of like the, the the one thing. And the second thing, like really, like kind of like read the documentation of of Epic because they, I think they did a good job of trying to explain everything that that you need to know before you jump into any type of project. Because you know, project management as well, like you know where. How how you 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 supposed to set up all your folders and your folder structure and be really organized in that way as well? Um, I think like Unreal Engine is extremely amazing by uh, the search thing. Like you can search anything if you name correctly. Like right? you know all the textures, all the props. Try to be as you know as picky as possible because that will definitely like help you yeah. um, just to to find things and to keep everything more organized. Uh, is that and and again you know watching a lot of the tutorials a lot of uh, um, um, the, the documentation again I can you know express that enough it's extremely mm -hmm. important uh, those are kind of like the things that I definitely like will suggest anybody who who has no idea about you know anything about Unreal Engine um, 
um but yeah and then after that it's just you know adding lights and just actually playing with it like mm -hmm. you can add one single prop or like something really simple start simple mm -hmm. and then keep mm -hmm. keep expanding uh, speaking of um, you, uh, YouTube and tutorials that are out there, were there any go-to channels that you find yourself going to back uh, back to over and over again with regards to this kind of work in Unreal? Um, tips for people to add to their their subscription list on YouTube. I I, I do. I don't really recall uh, yeah, the I know. specific I, channels. I, I kind of put but, you on a, spot, on a spot for asking that question. I forget the name of a freaking channel. Like, yeah, but one thing that I always do in my projects, I either use, I either either use, uh, you know, to get my reference pictures. I use Pure Ref, which is amazing. It's for free. Check it out because I love it to keep, you know, photos reference. But I also like when I'm working on something new, I get all, I gather all my videos, uh, reference videos, like tutorials, and put it on. I create like a like a channel on mm. a private channel for me. Yeah, right? yeah, that's a good idea. I do the same thing when I'm wanting to learn a new thing. I just make a whole right. private channel and just uh, pile as many things in there as I can. So I will definitely like you know point to those uh, links uh, after this if, if there's a way that we can do that, Brent. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, you could send them to me, and I'll send them to the. Uh, I'll put them on uh, Discord or something like that, so people can get them. So for people who are, or I can even put it when uh, if you send me a bunch of favorite your favorite channels that you thought were very yeah. helpful for you, I will get them to the people that are looking for them for sure. I promise. Cool. Okay, cool. What else we got here? Question wise, um, let's see. Does anybody else have a hot question for Mr. Yes? Anybody, anybody? A difficult one. I only want really hard ones. I want to make them sweat. <laughs> okay, well, I have one. Well, oh, wait, there's one right there. How do you prevent yourself from falling down the documentation rabbit hole and only focusing on the question you're stuck on? That's a good one, man. I that is that I'm plagued with that particular problem. That's a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> that you were looking good for. job. Good job. You're making them sweat. Congratulations. You win a prize. Um, I have a sneaky suspicion. I know the answer to your question. It's like, you don't, you probably just, the journey is fun itself. You learn a bunch of things along the way, but. That's pretty much it. I mean, I do follow a lot. I, maybe it's, it might sound like dumb, but you know, sometimes like uh, I was, so for instance, for some reason, the, Volumetrics were not working with ray tracing uh, with with glass. Like you couldn't okay. have like a cloud in front of a glass. Right now you can't with Unreal okay. Engine Four, right. and that really like bugged me because it's supposed to be simple enough. But then, you know, I was searching on the documentation, and obviously, obviously it tells you like, yeah, there's no way to do it. However, you know, there's tricks that you can do, and and then I found those trick uh, tricks doing the, some sort of research on on blocks about people. Who are dealing with the same problem, and I literally type my problem on Google and try to, you know, find my way. Yeah, um, there's not really like a perfect, you know, answer for that because obviously there is times that you just, you know, keep looking and just get stuck in there. But I always try to, you know, think of ways that I can uh, um, kind of like improvise, I guess. Well, uh, it's and it's, I, I'm just, I, I think so i i may, i might be interpreting this question a bit differently than you are because what i what i why problem and i think this is i think this is what they're getting at is when you have an interesting problem to solve you're naturally going to go do the google thing right but then on the way to learn trying to get an answer to that problem you will encounter a lot of other random things and you get distracted because you're like ooh, look at that shiny object and I'm, what i mean is you'll get a bunch of oh. like interesting things that sort of you 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 are you encounter on your journey to get to the answer and so for me sometimes finding an answer to a very complex problem requires extra time just to like 
to accommodate all these other random like sort of i'm like a i have an attention span of a squirrel when i'm actually like looking looking for answers sometimes and i don't i don't know i mean if you is that what am i getting you right is that what you're saying like the, the 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 falling down the documentation rabbit hole and only focusing on the question you're stuck on so uh, yeah. yeah i mean it's that's I mean, the you you answered the question, but I think that there's a kind of a, there's a nuance to it. Yeah, okay. So I, he, apparently I hit the nail on the head because I because I I don't know about you, but I definitely suffer from this. Do you suffer from something like this, or are you just a highly focused individual? No, no, that's impossible. That's a perfect. Uh, uh, that's yeah. yeah it, it it is is impossible to do that. Like if you find it for something, and then yeah, and you read the documentation, and then you realize that this is the way to do it. But then you find more things that you can do, yes. and like keep that's in, it. You know, the w- the way I think it, um, I always go almost almost like a, I have a path, right? From going mm-hmm. to this to wherever mm-hmm. I want to finish. Like this is my goal. This is in my head. I can picture when I close my eyes. But always, obviously, like I want to do like particle effects, for example. So I had to take this r- route, right? I learned the particle effects, but then I learned something else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for, for for me. It's like always you will have to spend time like learning. And like, sometimes I, I said to myself like, oh, I'm wasting my time because I'm doing this. And at the end of the day, I didn't even use it. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think like at the end you of know, the day. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. So it's a yeah. very tricky question. And it is a I, tricky question. And it's like, for me, it's <laughs> like, I, I, I sometimes have days where I feel like, man, like I feel like I didn't get anything done. But at the end, if, at the end of the day, like some of those paths, like you needed to take that path and hit a dead end for you to know, well, that's a dead end. Now I know. And then the next day, you don't have to go down that path because you've been down that one. You know, you've left your little breadcrumbs. Um, hopefully, you don't go down the same path again. Um, uh, although I'd be lying if I if I said that I, that, that never happens. But but uh, yeah, it's um, it's for for me, it's kind of part of the fun, but it's also can be part of the frustration of actually trying to feel productive at the end of the day. Totally. Okay, one last question. And we're going to let this um, wonderful man go. We have a question here, which is I, I think it's an interesting kind of philosophical question. Do you think that art? is going to be like seeing that this trend like with mega scans are we seeing a trend and do you forecast potentially that art um digital art will become more and more about tech and composition uh focused as opposed to like actual asset creation correct creation in the future like because we obviously it was all about you building it all from hand back in the day but yep. now with scanning technologies and like repositories of of data and like what we were talking about before like just putting these things together what do you think because motion capture could be viewed in the similar similar respect. It's like it's a capture of something that's real and then a reapplication. Right. Um, well, probably there's two things that I like to say about that. Uh, a lot of people say like, you know, you know, uh, technology is taking our jobs away because you don't need yeah. a modeler to do a rock anymore, mm-hmm. uh, which in part is kind of true. But at the same time, because of new technology, you're gonna, there's going to be like brand new positions as well. Now there is yes. like, you know, virtual production in a real engine like 100%. a year ago. Yeah, that position didn't exist, and now yeah. you create a new one. Yeah. So the yeah. way I see it is that that's why I think it's extremely important to learn the new technology because you need to totally be totally agree. I could not agree more it. with you, my friend. What's yeah. funny about this is it ties in directly back into a an overarching theme in the today's talk, which was obviously inspired by your latest film 
which is a, it's funny. I find it ironic that 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 kind of argument about about or that or that fear that gets used as an argument often with regards to climate change. We have a lot of people that's bitching and moaning about like, oh, but like you're gonna shut down all these coal jobs and these oil jobs, and it's like, uh, yeah, we will, and we're gonna then create all these new jobs with cleaner energy. Like, who, who's gonna build the wind farms? Who's right. gonna like maintain them? <laughs> who's gonna like who's gonna build solar panels? Who's gonna do all that? Who's gonna who's gonna build? Who's gonna work in the battery manufacturing sector because it's a booming thing right now? So, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, it's complicated. So I don't want people to throw stones at me right now who happen to be on the other side of that argument, <laughs> although you're wrong. But anyways, the, the, the part, the part I'm trying to get at is that I find it interesting that people too, they, they spend too much time worrying about what's happening with technology. And I'm not saying that the original person asking this question feels like this, just to be very clear. Um, the, it, it, as opposed to like embracing and enjoying and getting excited about these new things and asking yourself, okay, cool, new technology, but someone needs to know how to leverage it. Someone knows right. needs to know how to drive with this. Someone needs to put this together to good, you know, put this to good use. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Always get every chance you get to learn something new. All like that's why programmers are all over machine learning these days because machine yeah. learning is becoming so big, um, because it's like it's behind so much of the the, the new emerging technologies today. That if you're a programming or a, sorry, a, a, a software engineer and you're coming out of school, it, to not be considering that is something to dig your heels into. Yeah. Uh, you are you're probably making a big mistake. Yeah, and and the, the second part, really quick, it's that I still think like even with this amazing technology for the years to come. I still believe that we, you know, the, the uh, humans, like our brain, our, like the artistic part of it, it's still like very hard to produce as, as oh, yeah. a, you know, like AI. You still yeah. have that, like, you know, passion and be artistic yep. and tell the stories. Totally. It's still going to be there. So for the me, it's like... The story part is the key. Yeah. So for me, it's like, yes, this technology, obviously, uh, it could hurt a little bit at the beginning, yeah. but if you learn to use it, you're, you're utilizing it the, the best yeah. way possible, like for me, yeah. like... Five years yeah. ago, I would like to make a film you would on never my own in three been, and a half yeah. months. There's no, no. way. You, like it but would never, it, it can, but now you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like uh, I, I said, I've always said the same thing. I find that there is an interesting parallel. I'll leave people with this, this final sort of controversial thought just for fun. But <laughs> if you, a uh, friend of mine and I, his name's Colin Graham. Um, he's an animation director in the video game industry as well. He works for Rockstar Games now, um, Rockstar North in uh, just outside of Toronto in Oakville, Ontario. So he and I used to talk a lot about the interesting trend we see in video game productions and that we we were we were feel fearful many years ago and we're starting to see this starting to kind of really become a real problem which is the unsustainable trajectory because as this new technology comes out what ends up happening is is that there's just there's an expectation that more like like okay great so you got more memory oh i guess we need higher resolution um, textures now oh we can put more animations on screen okay great so the new tech is 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 a vacuum that's pulling more and more from the content creator. So if other tech, like other software tricks and things that we can use as artists uh, don't emerge, then we're going to get crushed under this very, very gigantic, um, ever-growing level of expectation. So that's another way to look at it. Like Just like Amaru is a singular textbook example of this, something he would not be able to get done. It would crush him to be able to do what he tried to, to, to do without that technology. But because it's there, he was able to do something he would never, never be able to do before. And it's to right. match the expectation because the expectations are up there now. The bar is way the hell up there and there's only one way to reach it and is to be smart. Work smart, not hard, right? Perfect. 
Yep. All right. There you go. So thank you, Maru. You are amazing. Yeah, you, um, I, it was a pleasure getting the chance to, to talk to you about all this stuff. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, um, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see when um, when we can drop that new learning path stuff on our platform. So obviously you and I will have that have that discussion and um, I'll let everyone know when that happens. You'll, I'll do an announcement when it's when it's live. So please be on a lookout for it. If you if we piqued your interest, then stay interested and we will be uh, we'll be getting to you as soon as possible. So Amaru, I'll, I'll send Thank you off and um, I will um, I will talk to you very soon, my friend. Take care. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. Cheers. Okay, so that was awesome. Uh, hopefully you feel that we have lived up to one of our promises of making sure that we are, um, um, you know, looking beyond the animation scope with, um, with um, you know, with regards to the kind of content we put on here. We've always wanted to, we, um, we always... Um, and we, 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 we are totally inspired to continue doing this. Probably, who knows where, where the trajectory takes us, but um, I would like to think that we can branch out really quite far beyond animation. So um, yeah, so you guys were, you were all here first to be the first members of the Gore community. So it'll be interesting to look back on these days on a conversation like this and like just kind of chuckle to ourselves as to um, where, where it all ended up in the end. Hopefully they're, you know, delightful, happy chuckles as opposed to the sad chuckles. Um, so until next time, everyone, I will, um, I will 100%, um, I'm, I'm excited about what this week is all about because we have uh, a couple bingo, animation bingos happening this week. We also um, have another conversation next week and uh, we will have another one of these meet the experts, hopefully next week. Um, the individual in question is um, unfortunately under the weather at the, at the current moment, but uh, hopefully they will be um, up and running uh, sometime um, next week. So you don't even know who I'm talking about. So um, I'm not really spoiling any surprises. So see you around. Take care. Love you guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.